Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Link to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok for more great Titans coverage. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you. Like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by going to WilsonCountyHyundai.com, the Bone and Joint Institute, BoneandJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at FBHP.com slash ATOZ. The Aura app, keeping you safe online and protecting your information. Get a two-week free trial with our sponsor link, Aura.com slash ATOZ, and Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations on uh, in Middle Tennessee, Columbia, Franklin, Murfreesboro, online, KrebsKubota.com, excuse me. You don't do a game day show for a while, and I can't get to the open without having to, to get a scratchy throat there. But uh, the, just as bad as the Titans were yesterday was uh, uh, that for me. So Jacksonville wins 34-14, getting up 27-0 on the Titans before Will Levis throws two touchdown passes. One, a reverse pass to DeAndre Hopkins, a bomb there. The other, uh, Jeffrey Simmons fullback out of the backfield for a touchdown to get to 14 points. The most touchdowns the Titans have ever scored on the road or outside of Nissan Stadium this season, but three and seven uh, is the record, and the Titans officially set to pick sixth in the NFL draft as of right now. Uh, a lot of things we're going to get to, but Mike Vrabel uh, had a you know Buck Rising asking the question, you know, you know, what do you tell a team after the, a game like that where you're down 27 zip and then you end up losing uh, by 20 points uh, to drop to three and seven? Here is Mike Vrabel. Didn't didn't do enough to. To win, uh, starting with me, uh, coaching staff, and the players, and you know, it's frustrating that you know there's some close opportunities. When you look at the film, it won't be, you know, as bad as we think, and it and certainly uh, won't be won't be as good. Um, but because there's some opportunities, it's like defensively, you know, good play, good play, conversion, you know, X play, red zone stop, red zone stop. You know, touchdown on third down. Offensively, positive play, uh, self-inflicted wound. You know, it's uh, you know, it's it, it's certainly frustrating. But uh, you know, we have to find a way to uh, keep improving and, and not let that uh, derail uh, what what we have to do each week. Is as frustrating as it is. Come in, you're ready to work, uh, and and find the answers. So Tina says Vrabel gives the same speech every week. And like I mean, to an extent, when you there's only so many things you can say after loss. I do think his pre, post-game press conference yesterday after that loss was probably one of the better ones he's had uh in his tenure as Titans head coach, especially if you put all the losing press conferences uh in a bucket and choose from them. Uh I see uh <clears throat> a lot of people saying, like, you know, it, it's a lot worse than you think, uh, Mike, from Steven here. And honestly. I, I don't disagree with what Mike Vrabel said is that it they did have some good things. Like the defense was good until it wasn't. You know, they had really good run defense. They did some things to make Trevor Lawrence move around in the pocket. But then they have complete breakdowns in the back end and they're terrible. They give up big plays and Calvin Ridley has himself a day. 
uh, and the, the Titans defense gives up touchdowns in the red zone after getting some stops. The offense, you have a couple explosive plays early, and then you have another bad snap. I've seen a lot of that in the last four weeks with from Aaron Brewer, and it ruins that. You get a touchdown, then you get your first three and out on defense, then Eric Gare fumbles the football in the punt return, you give up another touchdown right after that. Now you're just completely spiraling out of control, Zach. So, you know, we'll get to more Mike Vrabel comments, but overall, I think Vrabel had one of his better post-game press conferences after a loss. Well, you just described my one word, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it, and right. it is encompassing. You just said all of the things of why they lost. And Mike Vrabel, in his press conferences, preaches what? Three facets of the football game. Offense, defense, and special teams. And they were bad, bad, and bad. Like, on all three. And then you have the penalties. You don't have getting up to the line of scrimmage and snapping the football. You've got the turnover. You've got the bad secondary play. You, the offensive line doesn't block well early. And then you get behind. And what do you know about the Tennessee Titans? When they get behind, they can't come back, especially with a rookie quarterback. Now, Will Levis does give you some things that I don't feel Ryan Tannehill probably has given you over the last couple of years. Now, 2020, he gave you more of this. But Will Levis has the ability for the explosive plays. Now, were the two touchdowns kind of some trickeration, right, with the you know, reverse and deep pass? Yes, the Jeffrey Simmons, you know, not, not unorthodox in, in playing offense. He usually plays defense, catches his first touchdown. Yes and yes. But Will Levis has the skill set to make some big-time plays this team is just not ready to help him consistently make those big-time plays. But encompassing. The Titans were not going to win this football game. If I was on the pregame show, I would not have picked the Titans to win this football game. <laughs> Vegas did not predict the Titans to win this football game. Six and a half was the line. So the Jags were a much better team. And Austin, you and I actually had a conversation midweek last week, and you were like, this is not good for the Titans because the Jags came off their probably worst performance of the year yeah. getting drummed by the 49ers at home. And that woke Duval County up. And it woke, honestly, Trevor Lawrence up, who made the throws, made yeah. the plays, were a fit, was efficient on with his legs, with his decision making. So encompassing is my one word because of all of the things that I just said on why the Titans lost. Yeah, that's a great word. I got, I, again, there's not many times that Zach or I were both off of the uh, post game show. So one word for me, like I've been struggling with this because I, I, I can't put all of the emotions of that game and where the Titans are into one word. And I don't want to, you know, get a little bit too uh, overzealous uh, with it, but I'm just going to say the Titans were, were garbage. My one word is absolute garbage. And it's, I, I feel like garbage can be multifaceted because they were garbage in how they were able to hold up. They had really garbage type of behavior when it comes to self-inflicted wounds that were just tanking this team. And then garbage time. I don't know if you guys caught on to this, but how many no-name uh, edge fringe of the roster guys were playing on defense in the back half at the end of that game? 
Christian Fulton gets pulled. Trey Avery comes in. He's no better. Then you got guys that have barely been on the team. Uh, Matthew Jackson and um, Mike. There's a bunch of dudes that you don't know who they are playing safety. Elijah Molden is garbage himself. He is so slow. But I feel like the Tennessee Titans are just a team that is garbage right now, and they're kind of spiraling out of control. And I feel like the garbage time defensive snaps is what kind of brings it all together for me, is that this? I, I, it was the first time that I truly felt that the coaching staff understands the season's going nowhere. Well, there because was it, still, and this is slight, but yeah. there was still a little inkling of hope before yesterday's game. Yes. Because ifs and buts, beers and nuts. But if if the Titans would have beaten the Jags on the road, now all of a sudden, instead of three and seven, you're four and six. You have a divisional win. You play the Texans twice, the Colts and the Jags to end the season. The Texans and Jags are now fighting. They play this coming week. Like now all of a sudden things change. But ifs and buts. But that did not happen, right? So all of that is all out the window in the dumpster, as you say, with all the garbage. And it settles in at three and seven. The Tennessee Titans, newsflash, woo, woo, woo. They're not making the playoffs this year, okay? It's done. So that's why I think you felt yeah. what they were feeling after yesterday's game. Yeah, at four and six and beating the Jags to get them to six and four, you do feel like there is a little bit of hope, but there was a switch that was flipped in the second half of the game. Basically, when the Jags marched down the field 75 yards to go up 20 to nothing after a 13 nothing lead, it was over. And the season was over, the plug was pulled, and you start rotating people in there. And that was an interesting uh, decision. And I started to kind of take notes of, which guys came out, which guys stayed in. Uh, and so that was uh, something that I, I definitely noticed. But Derrick Henry was asked a really interesting question in his post-game media availability. And we'll play that here in a second on what Derrick Henry had to say about this season and about his head coach. Uh, but first, I want to tell everybody about our great friends at Krebs Kubota. If you're looking for equipment, Krebs Kubota is the place to go. If you've got projects to do in the spring around your home, your property, Krebs Kubota is where to get that. Maybe you're not the person executing said projects and you want to nudge that person that it, whose job it is. You go get them that right piece of equipment for the holidays as a gift. KrebsKubota.com is their website. They are an elite Kubota dealer, which means they have the best equipment and the best warranties in the entire equipment industry. And they've got three locations across the mid-state and the great customer service with the Krebs family name to help you get what you need and do it efficiently. In Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro, that's where you should turn and online at KrebsKubota.com. It is eSports. We are powered by BetMGM. Download the app today in your Apple or Android store. I don't know if you bet on the I did bet Moneyline Broncos. Now, uh, that that actually ended up paying off because I, oh. if I would have bet any of the line, the Vikings would have covered. But the Broncos won last night. You can get in on the action with BetMGM. Bonus code ATOZ Sports. They're the king of the sports book world. They've got you covered. They've got us covered here on the morning show. We love BetMGM. Download the app today. All right, so Derrick Henry, who only had 10 carries for 38 yards, gained 16, I believe, on his last carry of the game uh, to make that 3.8 yards per carry a significant improvement. But Derrick Henry was 
um, asked by Teron Davenport in the locker room post game about his head coach. And this was an interesting uh, uh, back and forth here with Derrick Henry and Teron Davenport. You look at these last 19 games, I think you guys were what, like 3 and 16. It's kind of hit rock bottom. What is it about Mike Vrabel that you feel makes him need to remain your, your head coach? Um, uh, I mean, we feel like a lot of us, you know, on the team feel like we just not playing great as a team. Um, all the stuff inflicted wounds on, you know, drives and things that we know that, you know, we can be better at and um, execute and things like that. Um, you know, I, as far as, you know, Coach being the head coach, I feel like, you know, um, you know I feel like he's done a great job. Um, um, I don't know if I had higher up decision on anything else if, you, if you're trying to ask, but I feel like, you know, we build a culture here, um, establish that culture. But right now, we're just not playing to that standard. And, um, you know, it's, it's costing us. And, but, you know, still got to go to work, still got seven games left, and do the best you can from, from here on out. So there's Derrick Henry asked by Toronto Davenport, like, what makes you think, you know, Mike Vrabel should be the head coach? We will discuss how Mike Vrabel answered that question uh, in his postgame presser about his job security tomorrow on Tuesday and have a full show about that topic. Uh, but I think the rock bottom words that Toronto Davenport used were interesting. We'll get to that here in a second. Uh, but Derrick Henry uh, propping up the culture that has been set and created by Vrabel and the staff but it does feel like that culture is completely cracked because guys are making mistakes that Mike Vrabel teams typically don't make. And that's where I, I, I point to that and say that there is a deep issue uh, with this team. Yes, the players are not very good, uh, but they're not being disciplined and they're not going out there and playing clean football. And they're nowhere close to playing clean football. Well, and, and within that, there was another video of of Derrick Henry kind of answering the rock bottom question of I I don't know where rock bottom is right like I mean I think that was the honesty of of where Derrick Henry you know sits right now and the coaching question was uh unique I you know Teron did his job by asking that because a lot of those questions were asked yesterday and at three and seven those are the type of questions that you're going to get. That's not Derrick Henry's responsibility to answer no. whether the coach should be coaching or right. But he did he did answer with I think a lot of what fans and even outside perspective would answer, which is Mike Vrabel's best attribute, which we we talked about literally last week, is the culture that he brings. Right the the players' mentality is that he's going to get, you know, he wins games that he should not win. The underdog mindset. And right now at three and seven, you know, where are they going? Well, they're going nowhere. Now they're going, you know, about to play Carolina. But this is the worst start to a season Mike Vrabel has ever had. And Austin, I, I find it ironic because throughout the course of the offseason, we got fed, spoon-fed, that this is not a rebuild. Well, because of circumstances and Ryan Tannehill's injury and will the emergence of Will Levis, now with a rookie quarterback, this is in the process of a rebuild, right? I mean, you cannot deny it. And I think 
the word that I would also use is it's sobering for fans, for the front office, for the guys in the locker room, because they were fed the same food we were this off season, right? And yeah. now all of a the sudden, they're not eating the same food that they were promised in June and July and in August in training camp. Now all of a sudden, it's very, very different. Zach, uh, may I hand out a love of the show? It's typically been your thing. I don't think I've ever really done a love of the show, but may I do this as the Titans are three and seven? I'm curious to see what it is. As the keeper of the love of the show, I felt the need to ask for that because our guy Ian over across the pond gets my love of the show, and this might be my love of the season. This is not a rebuild. It's a collapse. That's that I completely agree with that. It's not a rebuild. Rebuild was not the plan. This is a flat out collapse because they, they tried to rebuild a retool, do all these things to reset, to go for one more run. Right. It's like Ian's a Preds fans, like David Poyle. It's bring the band, keep the band together to go for one more tour. Right. They've collapsed. They tried to rework the offensive line to compete. Failed. They tried to bring in weapons and rely on second-year players like Burks and Chig to make the offense more explosive. Failed. They tried to have Ryan Tannehill have DeAndre Hopkins behind a reworked offensive line to get them over the top offensively. That failed. Derrick Henry is failing because his offensive line is garbage or beyond that. The defense... Has Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry off the AC, off the ACL, he's back. You go get Arden Key, a, a motivated player. Aziz Alshire, motivated player in free agency too. You got a young player playing for a contract in Christian Fulton, another second-year guy you got to rely on in Roger McCreary, and Sean Murphy bunting and a prove-it deal in free agency. Failed, 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 failed. It, this is a collapse because rebuilding was not the plan. Rebuild is the reality because their plan collapsed. Okay. I think everything that you said is true. I think it's a different lens, though. I think instead of collapse, which I think you eloquently, you and Ian eloquently said that. But doesn't this feel more like denial than collapse? Because it's denial of all of these things. It didn't add up. And we've all seen or been around somebody who has been in denial. And this is the case. Because, every, and, I, and the Titans got got, but there is a lot of people on the outside, Vegas included, that didn't fall for that, right? They didn't fall for the, the rebuild talk. It, it's denial, and then the collapse started, and here's where I think the collapse is probably, I don't know, I'm not saying it's unfair, but when they traded away Kevin Byard and Will Levis was named the star, I mean, they said everything that they needed. Yeah, but, but Ian follows up and says they work in tandem. Collapse and, that, that and denial, right? Because they were in denial about what they truly should have done, which is what we said, that they were – trying to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying to do all these reset things to go for one more tour and keep the band together. But they also drafted Will Levis and used a highly valued draft pick to do that, to plan for the future. Like they tried to do two things at once 
And it doesn't look like either of those are truly working out very well. Like, I'm not out on Will Levis. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we should have seen uh, the first W coming followed by three L's like Will and Levis, right? But it's it's not – I'm not out on Levis at all. At all. The, the offensive line is atrocious. The plan overall around him is to basically not get him killed. And I think one thing that's kind of gone under-realized is that he ended the game completing nine passes in a row. <laughs> and it, But it didn't feel like that, right? Yeah, it, it's but trash again, like, time. Look, bro, you're down 20. So for sure. The Titans he, down 20 equals a loss, boys But and girls. Will Levis is not the problem. There are so many things surrounding him that are the problem. And I, I, I do – look, we'll, we'll kind of see – We'll talk about Will Levis and his comments after the game too, but I I'm with I'm all with Ian. This is a collapse. This is an absolute collapse of a season. And and are they at rock bottom yet or not? That's you know to be discovered. Well, and Tress brings this up. Says some folks just know that cheaper parts build a house. They won't stand forever. And follows that up. It says it's not denial when they chose to go cheap on offensive line. I will say they didn't have a lot to work with. You had a $30 million quarterback. You had a high-paid running back. Uh, Harold Landry had a ton uh, of, of cap space. They reworked their offensive line with what they their ability was. They went out and drafted a first-round, you know, top 15 offensive lineman. Like, I, I, I get what you're saying, Tress, but they, they did probably as best they could without moving on from Ryan Tannehill. That was their key is that mm -hmm. they they didn't just rebuild and say, all right, Tannehill, we appreciate your services. We're going to go with the young quarterback and we're just going to take the C.J. Stroud type approach, plan to start and go forward. They kept that money and $30 million is a massive amount of money. Like you can't deny it. It's the most expensive on the team. And they were trying to build around that. Did they build very well? To Tress's point, no, they didn't. But yeah. th I think that goes to the denial <laughs> that they had all offseason that's hitting them square in the face. Now, here is some positivity on the other side, and it, it doesn't involve this year, is this thing is officially being rebuilt, and they got a lot more money to play with and a lot higher draft picks to pick, at least where it's trending next yeah. offseason. <clears throat> All right, so yeah, MB says I think uh, Trey would means the last few years in the building cheap, uh, and then it, it doesn't. And last. if that's like, the case, I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. All right, so let's get to our official question. I see some people have already brought it up that you know uh, rock bottom is here, or they hit rock bottom two weeks ago. Could it get worse? So let's ask the question here: Are the Titans at rock bottom now, or can this still get worse? So the Titans at rock bottom now, or can this still get worse? But Zach, first, tell us all about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, FBHP.com is where to go to get your new health plan. I got my new health plan a couple of years ago, and I'm really glad that I did. Trusted by the Titans, trusted by the Tennessee Vols, trusted by A to Z Sports, trusted in the state of Tennessee. You can check out their health plan by getting a quote today by visiting FBHP.com slash A to Z. 200 plus locations across the state, health, dental, and vision. I've got all three. You can get all three by getting a quote and making a decision for you and your family. That's Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee. Been in business over 75 years. If you're in the state of Tennessee, you should definitely check them out. That is fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. 
Football season is getting ramped up with playoff time approaching, and you can continue to win big with BetMGM. And if you haven't signed up yet with our uh, bonus code, you should, because you get a first bet offer that is unmatched. That's with bonus code ATOZ Sports. You get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses, but you have to sign up with our bonus code ATOZ Sports to get that first bet offer. So go big with a first bet, because if it misses, up to $1,500 back. In bonus bets, BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualifications, elder comments. First online room money wager. Only rewards issued knowledgeable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days. And for problem against throat call, Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. Zach, I'll send you to the chat on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Are the Titans at rock bottom or can this still get worse? Uh, interesting question. Derek Henry was asked about rock bottom and he didn't know what rock bottom is. So uh, what is the answers coming in from the chat on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch? If you haven't yet, hit that thumbs up button and the like. We need more likes on the show. I know you guys typically don't like things that are bad, but the show is good. The Titans are bad. So, uh, Zach, what's the chat saying? Jody starts with saying it will get worse. Losing to Carolina would be rock bottom, and I'm not convinced that they'll win that game. That's on the horizon oh. next week. Uh, they are at rock bar bottom if they lose to the Panthers. So that's kind of the barometer right there from the last two chats. Uh, yes, they have no wide receivers. This is rock bottom from Chris. Uh, it can get worse. It can always get worse. Worse, wait till Miami shows up. Well, Miami's not showing up. I think they show up to Miami. Uh, yes. Because I think that isn't. Titans the South Beach in early December. Yeah. Uh, hey, I mean, look, the schedule was so perfect, guys. Is that Sunday night football? Monday night. <laughs> oh, so it can't get flexed. Oh, yeah, they're stuck. Idea. They're stuck with that. But uh, again, the Titans had it set up beautifully with having three Florida games in the fall to try to have good weather and to to set themselves up to win. But they're not even close to it. They want bad weather. They're, this, they don't. They don't want good weather. That's not the type of team that they are. They want. They're a bad team, but they want bad weather. That's Derrick Henry. They don't want to be playing in Miami. <laughs> they don't want to be have, playing in Florida. The schedule was set up for them to succeed. If they for a high octane offense, not for the Tennessee Titans. Hey, all right, continue. Sorry, sorry for the derailment. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Ashley says it can get worse, but hopefully not. No, rock bottom is losing to the Panthers, so they're close. It will get worse. It can always get worse. I think Carolina blows you out or even beats you. Then that is rock bottom from Darius. Top tier says it's now. Jason L says it's not yet. Yet Worse, unfortunately, from John. Yep, from Yuri. This is rock bottom. It can get worse from Karen. Already at rock bottom. Jags was the get right game. No, maybe next week. Uh, it can get worse. It will get worse. Need to lose to Carolina. Rock bottom has arrived. So, I mean, there's a lot of different comments coming in in the chat. We, we got some super chats that we'll get to here shortly. But, Austin, is this rock bottom or are they awaiting rock bottom? Yeah, usually I say it can always get worse. And it still can get worse. And I don't even think rock bottom would be losing to the Panthers. I think if you lose to the Panthers on Sunday after Thanksgiving, there's still another level to rock bottom. And that centers around the health of Will Levis is it's it's rock bottom is if this Titans offensive line and coaching staff somehow put Will Levis in a situation that he is unable to protect himself and he gets hurt that jeopardizes somewhat of his future. 
that would be ultimate rock bottom. Losing to the Panthers, you know, is as uh, is as ugly as it can get when it comes to a result on the schedule. Uh, but rock bottom, there is still room to dig. <laughs> you can still keep. You haven't hit a well, even if you do hit a pipe of natural gas that John Ward tells you not to hit, uh, call before you dig. If you hit that pipe, you're supposed to stop, but the Titans could explode that pipe if they don't be careful. Yeah, there's always rock bottom, right? You could say Will Levis gets hurt and that impacts next season, right? We yep. see Kyler Murray, right? That impacts now you're, two you're years. so late into the year that it rolls over with something big like that. But I will say yesterday was the season's rock bottom. And that's important because now your season is done. Your hope is lost. If you beat the Jags yesterday, I don't think that your season is lost. I still think that there's hope because you can beat the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, let's face it. Now, all of a sudden, you could be five and six. You know, that's a lot different than, you know, what yesterday represented. You're three and seven. Now you're staring a top 10, top five pick in the face, which, you know, glass half full for fans, you know, in the offseason in a rebuilding type year may not be a bad pick, but that was the season's rock bottom yesterday. They had no opportunity to win once they started making all of those mistakes in the first half. So that's how the two, two part answer, because I agree with you. I mean, you know, things can always get worse you know yeah, right yeah I, you know i can i can buy that i can buy that i do think you know moving forward <clears throat> yesterday's i think the moment was 20 to nothing i think that was the back breaking drive of the season if the titans could have gotten a stop on the opening third quarter drive against jacksonville done something to score a touchdown to make it 13 to 7 oh new ball game but once it was 20 to nothing and the season flipped and it was over. And now it's about whatever else. It's about results with inside the scoreboard. And I, I think you can still want, you still want this team to win some games because you want Will Levis to play well enough to win some games and you want some overcoming of adversity. So they're not just, you know, three and 14 at the end of the year. Yeah. Well then, you know, fans start to root for a different thing. And that. That is just the reality of how the league is set up. So I I, I agree with you in the 13-0, you can come back from. 20 sure. nothing with the Tennessee Titans and a rookie quarterback, your goose is cooked. Yeah, no doubt about that. Let's get to some super chats here on the show. Uh, I'm going to start with the more recent super chats because I feel like uh, they're kind of on, more on brand. Uh, Jared says, you play a one-win team, it can always get worse. Uh yeah, um, I, I do agree uh, with that. Kicking the King says, if you lose next week, it's hard to find uh, another <clears throat> win. Three and 14 is coming. Uh, let's see. Darren says, the L's aren't confusing. I'm on Ting Tank. Uh, what's confusing is how is the coaching staff not improving any players? There's regression all over this team. Has Vrabel lost the locker room? And then I did see... Darren follow up saying, I have another question. Has Vrabe lost the staff? Forget the locker room for a second. I don't think it's able. We're not able to know if Vrabel has lost the staff. I think you can look and see if they've lost the locker room by how they compete uh, throughout the end of the season. Um, and But back to Darren's initial super chat, we're not seeing players improve. 
you're seeing players get worse or you're just seeing players that are, you're seeing new faces that are out there because they're trying to find somebody to provide some type of spark. So Darren, I have an answer for you because, and now through 10 games, I can, we know what this team is and I have watched enough football. I can tell you exactly what it is. The offensive line and the secondary have extremely low ceilings and they can't even approach to even get there. And those two things for this team are destroying it. You can't protect your quarterback and you can't run the football with your best player. And then on the other side, you can't cover big time wide receivers. Mike Evans did the same thing that Calvin Ridley did. It's just the facts. Christian Fulton is not good enough. He won't. Guy, I, I, I went through my, I went through my like collapse and fail uh, kind of thing earlier. I, I just, I yesterday was they're just bad football players. <laughs> like they're not good like, in those I, two, but especially in those two position groups. Yeah, the offensive line and the secondary. Talking about the corners, they. Are, are bad. And, and I will say that I will say this about the secondary players. It is really easy for secondary players to look bad when maybe they're not. And it is really easy for us on the outside watching TV copy to say, man, why was that guy so wide open and Christian Fulton was 15 yards away? Well, I did think Adam Archuleta, former safety on the broadcast, had a good point on one of the coverage busts saying Elijah Molden bit on that play action really hard. So it might've looked like without that comment from Archuleta, it looked like Fulton was completely out of position when Molden was the fault. Now there was a time later on in the game where uh, Fulton bit on a play action and then he was out of position. There was that point where Trevor Lawrence scrambled and Fulton got off of his guy playing zone and ran towards Lawrence and Lawrence dumped it over his head for a big game. And I think that might've been the last snap Christian Fulton played. I know that was the last drive that he played yesterday, but there's there's bad football and individual football being played all over the defense. All over the defense. Danico Autry had an individual play that allowed Trevor Lawrence to run for that touchdown. So there's guys that are just playing reckless. And I think that's another word where we'll talk to Will Levis later on. He, he mentioned, you know, you have to play you have to play fast. You have to be aggressive, but you can't be reckless. There's defensive players that are being reckless out there because they're not doing their job. This has been a theme all season too, which brings me to like, isn't it the coaches jobs to make sure that the players are doing their jobs and not freelancing or bring being overly aggressive and reckless. In those two position groups, they don't have the players. And it goes to what Mark marks the worst part, Zach, is that they knew that the ceiling of the offensive line prior to the start of the season. But Mark, I disagree. I think they were in denial. I think it was the coaching staff and who put this offensive line together that that was going to be the recipe. They thought somehow, some way that Andre Dillard could actually be a starting left tackle. And the results are in, and he's the same guy he was in Philly, nice which is works. a bad, but a bad football player, right? And Brunskill gets hurt, right? He was a big signing in the offseason. And I mean, he was though. Yeah, Austin, like he, he, he was he for a, this offensive line, for what they a, did, it, the the two biggest things were Brunskill and drafting Skaronsky. 
Yeah, I mean, I I hesitate to use the word big or the term big signing for Brunson. What the offseason was? It was a two year deal for like ten million bucks. Uh, you know, it was it wasn't like a big wasn't important. It was a chess piece signing more than a big signing because of Brunskill's versatility that you sign him and then you can figure out where to put him once the whole picture starts to come together. That I don't, I I move away from big signing. For in Andre, their eyes, Andre Dillard's getting more money this year than Daniel Brunskill will maximum get well, over because of the position he plays. Don't be naive. I, but again, I, I'm not. But, but why? So, no, no, no. Why does he do? Why is he getting more money? Why is who Dillard getting more money? Yeah. No, of course he plays a left tackle. My point yeah, is so. That, so don't sit there and bring that no, point no, up. That's, no, I'm just that's backwards. Zach, I I do not think using big signing for Daniel Brunskill is appropriate. They thought it was. They rolled him out. They they had him speak like he was the leader. He had the experience. That's because that's because he's like a cerebral guy, and he can he's like, he basically he's a coach when it comes to his mental capacity in the game. They, th- they, they thought, they, in their eyes they, they thought that, that was be, going to help them a great yes, deal. Daniel Brunskill is a is a massive piece of glue, but he is he was not a big signing in the offseason. To to help your offensive line that was decimated, who he, else? He was so who else was besides Skoransky, which I've already mentioned? Who else was? Oh, I mean, the there was there weren't big like Andre Dillard was the big signing. That was the big boomer bust reward risk reward signing. Brunskill was a a a, a corner puzzle piece. It was a, it was important to find, but you had to have him, and you put him in there, and he helps you. Fill out the rest of the picture. That's and what Daniel that Brunskill was for the offensive line that they yeah, needed. I, again, I don't to think it was a better. big. Again, we're getting off tangent here. I just disagree with big signing. In their eyes, it was. <laughs> anyway, who else is uh, playing well? Nope. I mean, nobody. <laughs> Nobody's playing well. Uh, more super chats. Uh, Kick of the King says. Uh, Vrabel's not an X's and O guy. His attribute is strength and toughness, but we're seeing a soft, pathetic, and weakness on this roster. That's all coaching. Yeah, I don't disagree. I said, I said uh, after the loss to Tampa that if you're not going to be a tough, physical, disciplined football team, then what is Mike Vrabel here for? And we'll talk about that more tomorrow uh, when Vrabel was asked about his job security in the postgame presser. Uh, let's see more super chats to fly in here. And I want to get to um, uh, Brandon says Vrabel said it starts with him and the coaching staff first like that. They're accepting responsibility. I mean, yeah, they are. Um, but you know, that's only good for um, press conferences. Uh, Jared asks, is this team worse than the two and 14 era Titans? And Nathaniel says question for y'all. Do you worry about the show when you have to cover a team that's so bad? Cause as a fan, uh, it's hard to chime into something. And look, Zach and I's benefit is that we started <laughs> on radio doing three hours a day, five days a week when they were the two and 14 Titans or three and 13 Titans and five and 27 Titans in back-to-back years. So uh, to answer Nathaniel's question, uh, the bad 2014, 2015 prepared us for this. This is what we lift all them weights for. Well, and they benefited off of the Jags and the Texans. Like the Jags went to rock bottom. They were the worst team in the league. The Texans went to rock bottom twice because of the Deshaun Watson fiasco, right? So all you were dealing with was with an aging quarterback that was leading the Colts that consistently fell up short, right? And so 
that's where that era that the Titans had taken advantage of. But those errors, eras go up and down. Like the Browns are seven and three. For how long were the Browns awful? How long were the Browns three and seven, not seven and three? So it this is the best and worst part about the NFL for you know particular fans. And there are some franchises that avoid it for periods of time. But the Patriots, that's an example. They can't get away from it anymore. Yeah. Uh, Devin says rock bottom was having a sword ceremony and inviting the media to tell everybody that Nissan stadium is still Nissan stadium. (laughs) I did laugh, Devin. That's funny. Good. That's funny stuff right there. I did laugh at that sword celebration. Oh my God. That's a lot of money of going into a rock. I mean, it's the Titans had a press conference. So a, a corporate executive could stab a fake sword into a fake rock. That's what happened on Friday to tell us that nothing's changing. Oh man. That again, I agree that the Titans felt they need to do something like that for good PR. And then that turned around. That wasn't PR. That was heavy petting for a high paid sponsor. Yeah, that, was business. that wasn't That's for you, Austin. That no. wasn't for me. That wasn't for anybody in the chat. It that was, was the for lady Melissa. It. Yeah. that works at Nissan. That's a, or who I don't know who that was, but like that that was for Nissan cutting uh, the check here in Tennessee. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. All right, let Will Levis had a really intriguing answer to a his in his press conference that I want to get to because this one made my antennas go up uh, of like who is Will Levis talking about? Uh, so we'll get to that here in a second. But first, it's the holiday season which means it's a moment's peace time a momentspeace.com slash Christmas. That's a momentspeace.com slash Christmas is where you need to go to make sure that you get a guaranteed win for the holiday season for that person. You love your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, your mom, uh, your grandmother, your aunt, whoever needs that moment of peace. Titans, the Titans fan in your life needs a moment of peace. So momentspeace.com slash Christmas is where you should go to get a gift card to guarantee yourself a win because they have so many different services in cool Springs that can make that person choose whatever way they want to spend their moment of peace, a half day of peace, choose from European facials and hour long Swedish massages, spa manicures and pedicures that take three hours of peace right there. Regular mani pedis, couples massages, hydrofacials, full day of peace as well. They go six hours long, whatever it may be. A gift card is all you need. At a moment's key, a momentspeace.com slash Christmas. That's a momentspeace.com slash Christmas. Excited to talk about them as we enter the holiday season. Always a great Christmas gift, right? I mean, it yep. is. It is easy, it's simple, but it's meaningful for your loved ones. So a moment's peace, a great sponsor, and has been for some time. Also, BetMGM, use the bonus code ATOZ Sports. They're the king of the sports book. Download the app on your Apple or Android app store today. They'll hook you up up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses for new users. But those new users have got to use the bonus code A-T-O-Z-S-P-O-R-T-S. All right, Zach. So a Will Levis uh, post-game interview response made me ask or think, who is he talking about? Who is he talking about in this type of answer? So here was Will Levis. Uh, yesterday yeah like that's the worst when you have a, a good week of practice and then you can't let it transition into Sunday and um, I feel like that's that's the case both these last couple of weeks like I feel like we had two really good solid weeks of practice and the focus just wasn't there um, come game day so 
When you say focus, just what do you mean? Is it stuff that's being mistaken? Yeah. Just kind of how you define Operationally, um, and I'd say, uh, what's the word? Just being fast in and out of the huddle and not having everyone freak out and just being able to understand that, you know, like today, the looks we saw, a lot of them were, you know, looks that we'd practiced against and being able to recognize it quickly, getting us in a position where we can get the protection set so we, we can get our guy, all of our guys out. Too many instances where um, either I could help us in protection or just guys not locked in on the snap count, which has been, again, a recurring theme here the past few weeks, which just can't happen. That last little reoccurring things with not being locked in on the snap count. Well, I mean, it, but he, it's the it fact. Just, I, I, I know all it But is a rookie quarterback who is saying this team's had good weeks of practice, but the focus isn't there on game day. And then he's saying that there's a there's not the urgency. There's freak out moments when they get to the line of scrimmage, and then saying guys aren't locked in on the snap count, and that's been a reoccurring thing, and that cannot happen. I mean, now, look, Raiden's I good. Like, hey, two, couple like two false starts back to back, right? Yes, they weren't. But they have not been good. And so I here's what I say. I don't know who he's talking about, and if you guys want to guess names, that's great. All you can do is guess because we don't know, and I don't know. But good for Will Levis. <laughs> Good for Will Levis for going up there and being a leader and saying these things are happening and they can't continue to happen because honestly, I'm watching the game and I see Mike Vrabel burn two timeouts early to save uh, delay games in like third and three, third and manageable situations to try to save the drive. And I'm sitting there going like, man, Levis has got to speed this up. He's waiting too long. Like He's putting them in situations where he's clapping, clapping the snaps because he's making changes late. And then he comes in and says this. I'm like, all right, well, maybe Levis is trying to get a fire set under somebody's ass and it's the, the, the burner's not working. And so who is it? Like, and why? And why is it a problem approaching Thanksgiving that they can't get the operations of huddle, play call, line of scrimmage, checks, snap consistently? What, like, what, what is this? Middle school football? Like, come on, like, it's you've played enough games together. I know there's been moving pieces on the O line, and I don't discredit how that changes things. And Will Levis is now the third quarterback to take snaps for this team, so that changes things too. But you guys are pros. Like you have the whole damn week to get the operation ready, and you're consistently having reoccurring problems with the snap count. Elementary. Here's a question. Stuff. Here's a question that needs to be asked today in the press conference, and maybe Sam can ask it or somebody can ask it. Why are you having to save Will Levis from delay of games by using timeouts? You know, why? I, I, the, the question is why? So it's not a yes or a no, or we need to be better. I, but why? Yeah. Is, is why it, are you, why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. is, it the, is it the operations of Tim, Tim Kelly not getting the play call in in the first 15 seconds? Is it the offensive line not knowing? Is Levis not making the checks quick enough? Do they need to be in the huddle when Levis is doing this, listening to the plays? Is Duval County getting in your ear with all the Floridians in jean shorts? You know, I, what, what's going on? But the question is why? Why are you having to burn two timeouts to prevent delay of games for your young quarterback? Yeah. And I think the second one was like with 12 minutes left in the second quarter, like the first, like three drives of the game. And well, and I, I actually personally think that the refs would have let them go. Like, 
here's here's another thing you got to learn about the nuances of football. When the play clock goes to zero, it still has a second left. So that is the rule. So that there is grace that is given by the the back judge who is looking at the quarterback and the play clock. I've watched you yeah. all watch a lot of football, right? So I actually think that he would have gotten both of the plays off, but Daddy Vrabel wasn't going to let that happen, right? Because it is the coach's responsibility to kind of save a young quarterback because third and two is a lot different than third and seven, right? And yeah. there's some situations Vra- where you Vrabel was And Vrabel was asked about that post game and gave that exact answer. That, yeah, if it's third and 12, he'll just allow the delay game to happen because the lightliness, what's the difference in third and 12 and third and 17, right? But the difference in but third and three and third and yard. Yeah. Third and three and third and eight, that that matters uh, a great deal. Uh, and so I don't know who he's talking about. It makes me wonder who he's talking about. And Joshua brings up, you know, is it Aaron Brewer? Because you don't get the benefit of the doubt when you make two other mistakes within the game by bad snaps. Like, yeah, your benefit... Uh, center, and he is a new quarterback, right? So you started with, like, why haven't you... There is a new quarterback involved, but now you've had several weeks to get on the same page. Yeah, uh, real quick. Curator asked, why doesn't Zach go ask these questions in the press conferences? <laughs> That's... Well, uh, well, here's the answer. That's not our jobs. <laughs> you know, in, in, if you want to, you know, go deeper on that. Sam uh, is our Titans reporter, and Sam does a great job of asking good questions when good questions are there to be asked. And I think the Titans media as a whole is a good job of asking these questions. And curator, that is a fair question. As I've covered the Tennessee Titans for what? 12 plus 13. I don't even know, right? A long, long time since Chris Johnson was on the team. And as A to Z sports has grown, my role has changed. I no longer attend every press conference. We've benefited that we've grown enough to hire respectable reporters like Sam. Luke Worsham did a great job for us for a number of years. And so it's just changed. Do I wish that I could do that? Yes. But as the company grows, that's that's not my responsibility anymore. And I've had, I just have a different role. So it's a very valid question. And I appreciate it, yeah. but I don't go to the press conferences like I used to. I used to attend every single Titans game too. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't do that anymore. So it's just changed. Yeah. Same um, with that. Uh, Kick of the King says Titans let George Fant walk out the door. Uh, sightseeing says the O line is a complete liability. Never seen an O line dictate and destroy games this way. Bowen, I think, is an issue. Regression, no nastiness, and some mistakes. So a lot of uh, encompassing, been a, a, a definitely a theme of the show today because of what yesterday was. Uh, but yeah, I don't disagree with that. And those two super chats with what they're doing there. Uh, let's see. I, I do have something else to get to regarding Aaron Brewer. Um, and I, I want to get to that, but first let's, the Aaron Brewer thing is, is a topic, uh, for sure, because something's been going on for way too damn long and I don't understand what the Titans are or not doing uh, about it. Uh, but first I want to tell you guys all about our friends at the bone and joint Institute, bone and joint TN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who you can turn to and who you can trust injuries as adults are just massive inconveniences. They get in the uh, way of our 
workflow, our life flow, our family and social lives as well. Don't let that injury linger and make you have grimacing pain faces when you're hanging out with your family, your friends this holiday season. Go check it out at the Bone and Joint Institute. They've got the experts and the resources all there in Franklin, Tennessee for your convenience. Boneandjointtn.org. A to Z Sports. We are powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports. They are the king of the sports book. We love BetMGM. You should download the app. You can get in on the action tonight. You talk about one of the best games that, of the regular season. Monday Night Football tonight is going to be electric, or at least that's what the matchup tells us. Eagles, Chiefs, rematch of the Super Bowl. Get in and put a little scratch down with BetMGM. Bonus code ATOZ Sports. All right. So Aaron Brewer had another bad snap yesterday that caused the first turnover of two on the day for the Titans. Uh, and this has been something that's been going on now. And Mike Vrabel was asked about the turnovers first with the Eric Gehrer, uh fumble on the punt return. But then his answer about these high snaps was something that I wanted to have a discussion about quickly here. So here's Vrabel. Yeah. The, the snaps are, yeah, well, so I have to snap 100 a day instead of the 50 that we snap right now. And you know, can't, can't operate under center the entire game. That's probably not going to be a possibility. So we better get them figured out and uh, making sure that everybody's on the same page of where the ball's coming. It needs to be there. Quarterback's got to help them out just like the quarterback throws a ball that's imperfect. like to see the receivers try to help them out. I'm not saying that that's Will's responsibility, but you know, when, when things like that happen, you know, hopefully other guys can, you know, catch the ball, get on it when it's on the ground. You know, I mean, we can't we let one mistake turn into a couple more. Frustrating to give up 14 points off turnovers. It can't, we're not in a position to do that. And he's right. They're not in a position to do that, especially that one. The first one, the fumble snap, was after a couple really nice plays to get you in positive territory, and then you fumble that away to maybe do something with it. I saw you roll your eyes. What were you rolling your I, eyes? I thought it, I thought it was he, he deflected. It's not about getting on the damn ball. Like let, let's talk about the the this, the problem. Like the problem is the snap. It's not yep. uh, what well, we hope guys jump on the ball. It's a free for all. And and Mike Vrabel has played enough football to know that, right? Like yeah, that, Mike that Vrabel is knows out of your hands. Ball, yeah, this ball is oblong shape and bounces funny all the damn time. We know that. Let's, Here is let's my go point. to the root of the problem. The root of the yeah, problem is is a bad snap, or it, or Will Levis needs to catch it. It's one of the two. I, I don't know what it is, or maybe a combination. But well, I know it was it a bad snap. Yeah, it's a bad snap, and this has been happening for four straight games. Like something before after the bye week, Aaron Brewer came out here and is snapping things high, hot, and to the right. And, and Titan Kong says, wait, only 50 snaps a day? That's what I thought. What? Do 100 instead of 50? You should have been doing 100 four weeks ago because why did people boo Malik Willis, Zach? Because he fumbled on that first play because Aaron Brewer snapped it high, hot, and to the right. And then all of a sudden, Malik Willis is getting booed and you've got everybody, all teammates and Vrabel saying, come correct next time with Malik to the fans. No, how about you do 100 snaps a day four weeks ago so you don't continue to have high, hot, and to the right snaps? Because it wasn't just then. You go back and watch the Falcons game. I tweeted several times the last four weeks. Brewer's snaps have been awful. 
high, hot, and to the right over and over and over the last four games. And now it burned Will Levis just like it burned Malik Willis against the Atlanta Falcons. So why is this allowed to fester? Why was this allowed to fester to not focus more on it? It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. That, that made me like that comment. Well, I guess we'll have to do 100 instead of 50. Like now you start it. Oh, because you beat the Falcons. You didn't have, you could look over it. That's bad coaching. That is bad leadership. And that is where I really start to question. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's, if Aaron Brewer can't do the job, they need to find somebody else who can. Yes, but he hasn't been, he's been doing this for four straight games. And now he, that's what I'm saying. Like you could, you can sit here and criticize the coaching. I don't mind that, but then make a change. Cause if, if he, he, too many mistakes have happened at that position, which is a very important position with a young rookie quarterback. You don't need to be making Will Levis's lives more difficult with bad snaps. You yeah. think Tom Brady a few years ago would have dealt with bad snaps? No, he wouldn't have. He would have gotten in their ass and said, this cannot happen. You're costing me. It cost Malik Willis his opportunity, maybe his starting career. I, I'm not going to go that far, but damn sure, you know, cooked his opportunity for the rest of the year because Will Levis came in there, which is probably a blessing to show that he could play in this league. It was one game, and we know what has happened from there. But if Aaron Brewer can't do the job, replace Aaron Brewer. Yes, but like recognize hundred snaps. Uh, it don't matter. Yeah, 100 like, snaps, 150 snaps, 3,000 snaps, it don't matter. It's happened enough in four yes. weeks. And, That's it. And, and, and Trey says he could have said that tongue-in-cheek. And Trey, sure. But I'll say this. Mike Vrabel said they can't afford to turn the ball over twice and give up 14 points. They're not in a spot to do that. Mike Vrabel's not in a spot to say anything tongue-in-cheek. You're three and seven, you're three and 14 in your last 17 games. You have no ability to use sarcasm or say anything with tongue in cheek because that's not the situation either. Jokes are off the table. Well, press conference jokes. Nope. Because your job should be on the line based off of three and 14. So no more daily energy. Yes. Ridiculous. And, and Trey, I, I know that. Like, Trey's right. He's just a smart ass and does this to the media and fans. Yeah, it's easy to do that when you're winning a bunch of games and going to the playoffs three years in a row. But that wasn't the vibe of yesterday. No. And Mike Vrabel did not portray that. Mike Vrabel, you know, when, when a coach, and I bring up Brandon Staley for a reason, when a coach after a loss at this point in the season, because this is a juncture, right? You're 10 games in. We know who the good teams are, and we know who the in-the-hunt teams are already. The Titans have no longer, are now, no longer in that in-the-hunt on that graphic. Mike Vrabel knows it. Everybody knows it. The Chargers are in that same position. They've lost too many games. And when reporters start asking about the coaching or who's calling the plays or why didn't you make this decision, that's when coaches get defensive. And it usually happens right around this point. It's not when you're three and ten, because three and ten, you're you're done, right? You're the Bears. This is the all right. Again, have I said all show three and seven with a loss to Jacksonville is much different than four and six with a win. So they didn't get what that. 
So that's why I think Vrabel is, he's getting asked about his job in a serious manner. And we all know that this is not just about this year. It stems from last year too. He's going to get credited with the seven-game losing streak to close out the 2022 season and lose to Jacksonville, division rival, to get into the playoffs. He's going to get credited with that. Yeah, it goes on his record. No doubt. A couple uh, couple things real quick uh, that I wanted to get to. Roz Biggie says, y'all are funny. It was on Malik when the same thing happened. And then Andre followed up, says, right, they crucified Malik when it wasn't his fault. No, I disagree. We did not crucify Malik for the snap. What I was, what I said was Malik's fault, because I remember specifically talking about this in halftime postgame in Monday morning. Aaron Brew had a really bad snap, but Malik Willis messed up by trying to pick it up and run instead of falling on it and living to play another down. That was Malik Willis's fault on that aspect. You don't try to pick it up like that. You try. I remember even making the baseball outfielder, you know, you grab the baseball rolling with your hand, not your glove. That's it's the same thing. You fall in the football and go to the next play. The problem in the booing was they were booing Vrabel's decision to put Malik in, in those situations. A lot of things in there. I've said Malik Willis is not a good NFL starting quarterback, so it didn't matter. I, I, I it, we're, we're now you're, it doesn't matter. He, 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 he can't throw the football. He's not going to hang in there and throw, make the downfield throws. So Malik Willis, maybe a good backup quarterback for teams, but that, that's why I, it's a moot point for me. Fair enough. All right, Zach, you ready for age game time? I've had enough complaining now. I've gotten all my post game. Let's check more? off a couple of the super oh. chats just before we get to the age game. Yeah, my fault about that. Um, I'm trying to get the super chats. If you can get there, my computer's being slow. Uh, let's see. Uh, burner account for Big Ten Jeff. To answer my super chat from earlier in the season that got you mad at me, Iowa offense is greater than the Titans offense, which is really sad. I mean, the output of points is pretty close <laughs> there, Big Ten Jeff. Um Let's see here. Kane says, what do we have to cheer for for the remaining of the season? A few meager games, Levis development, uh, paint develops as dries, <laughs> as it dries. <laughs> but that's not exciting either. So what's left? A better draft pick. Okay, Kane, I'll answer your question. It is. It is the development of the guys that are going to be on this team next year, right? It's the progress of Jeffrey Simmons continuing to be a force. It is hopefully the emergence of Chig improving and stopping to drop the the in football. Kyle Phillips being a reliable resource to the development of Will Levis. Tajay Spears getting more carries and being more of a versatile back. I mean, these are the things that you're looking for for the guys. Uh, you know, Al Shire becoming even more of a leader that he is in the middle of the defense. Like there are players that can progress. Burks is somebody that you know we're going to have to talk about, right? I don't know when he's going to come back, but you know, is, is he going to get better to be on the trade block? I mean, these are the conversations. So Kane, I feel what you're saying, but there are things to look for. You're not, you're not dealing with Charlie Whitehurst. You're dealing with Will Levis, and that is more meaningful. 
to answer that question. Yeah. Esco says, uh, this O-line is on Rand. No other coach uh, doing better with this team. He was winning with 90 players played in a season. It was okay. Now fire him, shake my head. Look, I, I do know this. Andre Dillard was a Vrabel decision. Like the signing of Andre Dillard was a Vrabel, I can get something out of this guy that Philly missed on. And that's been discussed, and I think Bucks talked about that quite a bit. Uh, and then Curator uh, kind of wraps up our Super Chat, says, Zach, if the Titans lose next week, do you think Vrabel will be here next year? We will discuss that tomorrow on Tuesday because that is not a, a question for us to answer an hour and seven minutes into any type of show. So we will discuss and have a full show about Mike Vrabel's job security Tuesday morning. But cheers to Curator for helping us – create topics for future shows. Yeah. And this giving me natural teases. That's nice too. All right, Zach, you ready for uh, the age game? It's not about if I'm ready. It's more about if you guys are ready. That's true. All right. Shout out Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Save some money on that new ride by seeing our our guy Payne bone in Lebanon and not downtown wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Zach, I have the chat hidden. So I will no longer be able to see anything when it comes to the age guesses. So the floor is yours for the age game. So this is a question that I do think that some of our older generation will be able to get just based on knowledge. I'm curious to see if you will be able to to get this, right? So let's play connecting the dots. Let's start with our main, our our main man, my main man, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who has been featured on today's show because of the Rock Bottom, which is his signature move, along with the People's Elbow. The People's Elbow becomes the People's Champion, once awarded the World Wrestling Federation in my era, Champion of the World. That was the Rock at a time, and at a time, if you have continued to watch this show. I have said and stand by and would put I would have put $1000 if they had betting circles on I believe that Dwayne the Rock Johnson will be our president the president of the United States of America one day it won't be tomorrow it may not be in the next 4 years but one day Dwayne Johnson will be our president I have been <laughs> on record I said that like probably seven plus years ago. Yeah. So president, 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 our current president is the oldest president to ever be elected in the history of all presidents. He was elected at 77 years old. He's now 81. We're not going to get into the politics of Joe Biden. I don't want to do that, but it does bring me to my question. And the question was, how old was the youngest president to ever be elected? That is the question. That is the age game. Let's see what the chat has. I, that's all the question says. How old was the youngest president to ever be elected? So I believe from my uh, government classes in high school that 45 is the minimum age for somebody to run. You may for- need to go back to class. <laughs> Probably so. Is that not it correct? Is 35. 35? Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, 100%. <laughs> I thought 35 was like Congress or House of Representatives. 
it is. I thought 45 was president, but yeah, that was a long time ago. It was over 15 years ago. So there's my difference. Okay. I will say now that you say that I'm going to go younger than 45. <laughs> I'm going to say my official answer, Zach is now just going to be 44. That's going to be my official answer. 44. 44 is your answer. The youngest yes. president to ever be elected to the office. Mm -hmm. So I threw a curveball at you guys because the youngest person to ever become U.S. president was Theodore Roosevelt at age 42. But mm. he was in office after an assassination of William McKinley. So he was not elected. Your final answer was? 44. 44. Okay. That's very intriguing. So, again, Theodore Roosevelt was not elected as president. So that, I, I asked the, the, the question uh, for a reason. Let's go to the chat and see who is correct. Brad Davis may have Googled because Theodore Roosevelt was 42, but that's wrong. Mm. Uh, 38, Bork Borkington, I do look back, uh, was the, well, I got to keep going back. Okay, the first answer was 69 from American Tough, and that is wrong. Then we had 51 from Devin Mills and 56 from David Heath Earn, which is also incorrect. 51 from Gary, 51 from Scary Harry is incorrect. Derek said 51. Big 10 Jeff says 51. Those are all incorrect. Let's keep scrolling down. The 42s, now we get into it. Lemetrius says 42. Theron Pearson says 44, like my co-host, Austin Stanley. And that is incorrect. Alonzo says 34 Ridiculous. and Billy Jean Jones is our winner. And by one year, once again, Billy is correct. JFK, John F. Kennedy was elected president at age 43, making him the youngest elected president in U.S. history. I have a follow-up. How old was JFK when he was inaugurated? <laughs> uh, I, it when he was elected, though, right? That's the key. I I asked it in a very particular question. So it when he was May, elected, so he was forty. It would it would it would have been inaugurated at the same age. He was May birthday, baby. So look, dang, that's like my third or fourth time that I've missed. I mean, you are you are close, and Billy, I want to say a ah. special congratulations. We don't do this very often for our winners. <laughs> But today, and possibly today only, Billy, Billy already Jones, <laughs> you do. You, you must be Miss Cleo because Billy is the person that gets the 40% off all of our merch at shop.a-to-zsportsnashville.com. You can get this pullover, Billy, for 40% off. You can get this T-shirt for 40% off. You can get that hat at the bottom of the screen, Billy. Because you are our winner. We love our winners. We tweet, treat our winners with respect by giving them an exclusive 40% off. Billy, I've gone and done the back work. I've already changed 
all of the prices exclusively for you. So just hit shop.a-to-zsportsnational.com and you can go get 40% off of our merch. Yeah, uh, Shady says, awesome history class. Can we switch back to Titan stuff? It'll switch back to Titan stuff when we end the show in about 30 seconds and it starts back over because we talked Titans for an hour and seven minutes. So Shady Prods, an hour and seven minutes of Titans conversation will restart once we end the live show. So I appreciate all that. This was good. You know, this this was a good history lesson to end the show, right? We all learned something. So yeah, and I, I learned something because I was incorrect. I thought 45 was the minimum age. All stimming from Teron Davenport's locker room question. About rock bottom. That's correct. All right. That'll do it for us. Like you guys, some in the chat are already saying, like the show, hit the like button, like the show. We need more people to hit that thumbs up button on Facebook and on YouTube. That just makes the show better for us. Uh, and we will have great content coming. Mike Grable press conference today at noon, which means Sam will be live for Titans at two at two o'clock after said press conference. And Buck Rising will also be live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime back from Jacksonville. So we'll see you guys tomorrow on a Tuesday to talk about Mike Vrabel job security. Appreciate it as always. Adios.